1: So
2: David's thinking. Say those words to me again. What did Nabal say? Who is David? The button's pushing. What did they say about me? The button's being pushed. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life, and notice the other word,
0: peace. The Bible states in many places that David was a man after God's own heart. It would be difficult to come up with a higher accolade than that. But David was still a man. He wasn't perfect. He still had pride and had buttons that could be pushed. It didn't happen often, but Pastor Mark will be teaching about one of those times today. You'll hear about an incident where you could say that David felt disrespected, to use a modern term, although tragedy will be averted, this is a lesson that conveys the importance of letting the Holy Spirit guide your life every moment of the day. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 25 as he continues with his message, The Life of David.
1: can this same
2: man now get 400 soldiers? And by the way, he's not going just to kill Mabel. He's going to kill the whole kit and caboodle of them. They're all going to die. It's going to be a bloodbath. How can that be? And this is a huge reminder to me and to you. Next thing we want to write is this. Our old sin nature can rise up at any time and strike us. I wish that wasn't true. I wish I could say to you, you know, I've been serving God for a lot of years. I don't really have that problem anymore. That old sin nature isn't even an issue with me. I wish I could say that. It's not true. And that's why you and I have to be very careful that we don't get prideful... And say, well, Pastor Mark, that might be true for most people here, but it's not true for me. Look out. Because there's a problem coming. Remember Peter? Peter was the bold one on that night, the Last Supper. What did Peter say? Everybody else can leave, not me. What happened? Boom. Why? Because he didn't realize that old sin nature could come up again. Someone has said, David is justifying his anger. What was he saying? That man is not going to get away with what he's done to me. His pride. His pride. Now, turn with me to Matthew 26. When I talk about that old sin nature, what am I talking about? Someone has said it like this. That old sin nature is discovered in first and second (laughs) Fleshlonians. It's my old flesh, isn't it? Now in Matthew 26, notice verse 41. Jesus speaking. Watch and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. Here's the key. The Spirit is willing, but the body or the flesh is weak. Temptation, an enticement to sin from inward desires or outward circumstances. So what was the temptation that got David? What's the temptation that gets you and me? Here it is. It involves a conflict, an ongoing conflict between our spirit and our body. Now I want to share as we over the next few minutes, close, how we can defeat that anger and be alert to the temptation. Be alert to the temptations that are going to be there. You're close by, just a few books back, Romans chapter 8, if you will. Turn there. I'm going to read Romans 8, verses 5 through 9 in the New Living Translation. And watch this relationship. Now, remember, we're body, soul, and spirit. We're body, soul, and spirit. So watch as we go through there how that interplay between our body, our spirit, our soul. Our body, of course, is our flesh and our five senses. Our spirit is that part that relates to God, the part that's going to live forever. Our soul is my mind, my will, emotions, my desires. So look at Romans 8. You can use whatever translation you have. Verse 5. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. In that verse, the highlight should always be the word think. Because that is where the battle always is. The battle is always in the mind. So David's thinking... Say those words to me again. What did Nabal say? Who is David? The button's pushing. What did they say about me? The button's being pushed. Verse six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life. And notice the other word, peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Verse 9 is our hallelujah verse. But you, Paul says, are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit of God if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And then, remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So notice the contrast. Believer and unbeliever. Unbeliever can't please God. They cannot please God because their nature is sinful. Their mind has not been renewed. You and I, we're not controlled by our sinful nature normally. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God renewing our mind. Now remember, my old flesh always wants to rule. So when you got saved, your spirit was renewed. That's the part that's going to go to heaven. I'm left, you've heard me say it many times, with his body. If you're 82, you're left with an 82-year-old body. When you get saved. If you're 23, you got a 23-year-old body. You don't get up from the altar call and you're 83 and you walk out with a 24-year-old body. Hallelujah. Everybody would get saved. <laughs> no, you're left with what you are. And our old patterns of thinking are still there. That old sin nature, it just rises up quickly. So remember, when man was created, just to remind you, you know this, but when man was created, there was an order. Spirit, soul... And body. Adam was designed to be ruled by his spirit. When man sinned, it was totally reversed. It was the other way. And so it's body, soul, and spirit. Now notice the one that's always in the middle it's the soul. What is the soul? It's our mind, our will, and emotions. So, where is the battle between the spirit and the flesh and the body? right here. And notice, it's our mind and emotions. What was David upset with? Pride. Where did he lose it? In his emotions. Anger. He isn't even thinking properly. He's not. I mean, this is the same guy that just before. oh I mean, he cut the little thing. Oh, I did the wrong thing. Such a sensitive spirit. The next thing is, let's kill them all. Now, we look at that and go, that's impossible. This is a man after God's own heart? Yeah. But you're going to see that he repents. He realizes. And it's such a powerful thing. Now, let me give you three ways to help us defeat anger. Galatians 5, just write that down, 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. So, number one way to defeat anger is live under the influence of the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit rule. He lives in you. Let him rule. Be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by the Spirit. So, Paul says, just don't talk about it. Just don't talk about being filled with the Spirit but actually live under the control of the Spirit. And that's when being filled with the Spirit has lots of different things that we can think about, empowered, water flowing out of us, all kinds of things. But one of the great things is being controlled, being controlled. And that's what this particular passage says. Now, the natural mind, the natural mind is the result of being born the first time. The carnal mind is being deadened to sin, and the spiritual mind is what happens to us when we're renewed. So the scripture says, over and over again, Romans twelve two: be renewed in your thinking. Be renewed in your thinking. Be renewed. Think like God. Don't think like your old self. Now, how does that happen? We're renewed by the word of God. So as you go through the word of God, expect to be renewed in your thinking. Because, remember, the Bible is God's mind to us. As we do that, we're reminded over and again. As you're here tonight, and I just say to you, well, you know, we know how to push people's buttons. Some of you pushed a button or two the last week. God spoke to your heart already. You know what that's like. We're all guilty. just depends on the service. God knows how to speak to us. But then you're encouraged when it says, those are led by the Spirit. You don't give in to that kind of thing. So, it's not like Paul saying, well, too bad, you can't do it. No, you can do it. So, I can defeat that. I can have that in mind that's going to be right. Now, James chapter 1 says this. My dear brothers, by the way, I include you sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, what do we usually do? I'm quick to speak, because I don't want to listen to you, and pretty soon, what was David in this situation? He was quick to listen once, but then what? <laughs> I'm not. Don't. What if? What if one of his men said, "David, what do you mean? Put our swords on?" He's not going to listen to anything. He's not listening. You know what that anger is like. We've been there. Somebody tries to talk reason to us. We won't listen. So we're quick. To speak, get the swords, we're going. And disaster happens. Look at the next verse. For man's anger does not bring about righteous life that God desires. So, second way to defeat anger is listen, be slow to speak, and slow to anger. Hard to do when the push, the button is pushed, isn't it? When, when the old sin nature is stirred, it's hard to do that. So I must, again, back to the Spirit of God, I must realize that can happen to me. What I think is so interesting is the minute Jesus is filled with the Spirit at the start of his ministry, the Spirit leads him in to the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. To show him... And he defeated always, what did he defeat those temptations by? And so he knows what we're going through. And that's why we have the word of God. The more we're in the word of God, the easier it is to defeat this. Next, I want you to go and see this scripture. This is our third one quickly. No temptation, First Corinthians 10, 13, has seized you except what is common to man. And God is, say it with me, God is, God is faithful. God, I can't take that. They push that button again. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you can stand up against it. Now, I wrote this one because I think this is huge for us. I can defeat anger. Don't be prideful. You will be tempted. See, I can say, well, I pretty much have it, Pastor Mark. I, I really, it's nice you talk about anger, but I never have any problem. I control everything in my life. Fool. Remember what Spurgeon said? God had one son that didn't sin, but he had no son that wasn't tempted. You and I will be tempted. That's the whole role of Satan. Temptation leads us to sin. God knows it. Satan knows it. So, what do I mean by that one there? I think this is what happened to David. David was on a mountaintop. He had heard the Spirit. He responded to the Spirit. He was sensitive to the Spirit. But I can't live on the Spirit-filled life from three days ago. I have to live being filled today. Do you get it? You can't live from victories three days ago. Last picture we have, sensitive of the Spirit. Cut that off. Made the right decision. Repented. What do we have now? A foolish decision. Who's really the fool? Nabal or David? Back to 1 Samuel 25. Look at verse 14. Now, after these men left and went back to David, one of the servants of Nabal told Nabal's wife, Abigail, hey, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men, now notice, David and his men did everything right. It, there wasn't any sin there. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. In other words, there's collaborating what David's men said. Night and day, they were a wall around us. All the time, we were herding our sheep near them. Now, think it over and see what you can do. Because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household, i.e., me. He is such... Now, how about this? He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. So there's the pride of Nabal again. Arrogant nobody's going to demand something from them. They didn't demand. They just simply asked for compensation. It was correct. So here we see that character of Nabal again. And and, and he's wicked. It means worthless. It's a contrast. Abigail, you're going to see as we go through here, is pictured as a woman of beauty, wise, understanding. And it's going to be hard because here's that contrast in our marriages. Now, Verse 18, Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread. And she went down to Sam's or something, whatever. <laughs> took two skins of wine, five dresh sheep, five sias of roasted grain, and 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, fig newtons, and loaded them... <laughs> loaded them on donkeys. Can you imagine this? This is like a caravan going. Huge. And she said to her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Now why? Let's talk about that for a moment. Why would a wife Again, they're not a godly couple. She probably is, but he certainly isn't. Why would a wife not tell her husband, go behind his back and do what she's doing? Well, here's what I believe in this case. She's doing what God would have asked her to do. She's doing the right thing. Certainly, she should be under her husband's authority. They work together as a team. But she's ultimately under who? God. So she sees this as a real danger. She, I believe, is doing the right thing. And that's the way we get to it. Well, look at verse 20. This is where we'll end. And as she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her. And she met them. Would you please write this down? Thank God for his perfect timing. His divine appointments. We're going to develop this a lot because I think it's huge for you and me. Who could have arranged for this timing? Who arranged for the perfect timing of David meeting Abigail? Who arranged for that timing? God did. What if Abigail would have said, you know, I don't have time to get this kind of stuff together. What are we going to do? Well, wait a few days and see if it really happens or not. Well, what if David just says, double your speed. We're moving right in for the kill. But watch me. Here's David. He's in the wrong. Here's Abigail. And notice, let's read that verse again. Watch what happens. Notice. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. Expect the unexpected. She knows where she's going. David is shocked. He has no idea. Watch me. She, he has no idea that as he's going to make them one of the mistakes of his entire life. Huge. He'll regret it forever. God intersects him with Abigail. Why? God's for David. Do you know that God's for you tonight? You ever look back over your life and go, Man, God, thank you so much. Oh. You know, all of us in different areas, we wouldn't be in the places of responsibility we are today if we had carried through some of the things we were about to carry through. And God protected us. Some of us are here and we didn't know God. We went ahead and did those things. And God has protected us ever since then. You see, because God's for you tonight. He's not again. So here's God looking up here and he's going, David, you didn't even consult me. That's another thing we don't see. There's, there's no prayer to God. Samuel is dead. He's not going to go and converse with Samuel. Samuel has gone. So he's just going to take it on his own because the button was pushed. And the old sin nature went from the spirit and ruled to the flesh right on top. You and I know what we're talking about tonight. Don't think that you can live tomorrow on yesterday's filling of the spirit. We have to be filled with the spirit today. We can be. God will provide a way of escape. This happens to be Abigail that's coming, that's going to prevent this. You'll see it. And I'm so glad that I leave you tonight with a human David, but an all-knowing God who protects us, who's for us, who knows our sin nature can easily rise up again and causes trouble.
0: Today, you found out the potential danger of anger, how it can lead you to make bad decisions. Pastor Mark taught how David, the man after God's own heart, allowed himself to be affected by Nabal's insult. He allowed pride to overrule how he knew God wants him to behave, which led him to become angry. His anger spurred him to decide to do something which felt good, but was wrong. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Viera. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, this concludes this portion of Pastor Mark's teaching on the life of David. Next time, he will conclude the story of David, Nabal, and Abigail. You'll find out about the value of having a wise spouse and be warned against being a foolish person. You'll hear about the value that someone who is wise can bring to your life if you'll listen to them and heed their advice. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living... We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right.
1: i